It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or all the other podcasting platforms out there. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Panthers so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Why would you do that, you ask? Because every Friday like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show, either at me or DM me at Julian Council to participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Elias. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons. Give yourself the edge this NFL season. Find Elias Game Plan app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store today. It's Friday. The Panthers are going to face the New England Patriots later on tonight, and this will be one of two episodes you'll get from Locked On Panthers tonight. As I told you, during the regular season, my plan is to go live on our YouTube channel. That's why you should subscribe to it, and it's also why you should subscribe to the podcast, just in case you don't get to check out our live broadcast. But I'm not going to do that through the preseason. Friday night, folks. The Panthers are only going to play their starters for maybe a series, possibly two. It's primarily going to be the twos and threes. If you have plans, go out and do something. Don't sit there and watch the game. Don't be a sicko. That's why I'm here, to provide you with everything you need to know about the game and what happened. Don't waste your time. I get it. You love football. You're excited that football's back. You're ready for it. You ain't need to watch preseason. Come on. Like, if I didn't have to watch preseason, trust me, I would not be watching the preseason. But make sure to check into the uh, episode later on tonight or really Saturday, Sunday, or Monday because it's going to be Monday's episode of Locked on Panthers. Let me not delay any further. Let me start off with Kurt on this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag saying, I'm trying hard to be bullish on this team like you are. However, I can't commit to a bullish mindset for this season when Rule does this charade with the quarterbacks, left tackles, center, and is, as you said, act like the players we brought in to start might not start. Do you feel Rule is the only thing holding us back from a successful year this year, or are you bullish on the team regardless in what he says slash does with the roster is irrelevant? What is irrelevant, though, to me is what Matt Rule says. I have said this numerous times on this podcast. Matt Rule sucks at PR. The Panthers' PR staff is not very good anyways, but Matt Rule especially ain't great at it. And he does not need to be saying some of the things that he says. Like When we know, we know, okay, Matt, enough. Enough with that. 
Just get it over with already. Joe Person from The Athletic, him and his colleague Jeff Howe reported on thir- on Wednesday evening rather that the Carolina Panthers, whenever they announce it, are going to announce that Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback. We've known that since July 6th that that was going to be the case. That's when they should have done it. And they basically did announce that, that they didn't believe in Sam Darnold anymore. So what he says is irrele- irrelevant to me. Really what a lot of people in my life say does not really matter. Yeah, I mean, people say that they love you, but they have to show it. They love you if they go out and cheat on you. Do they really love you? If they love you and they stab you in the back, do they really love you? No. Like, you can say whatever you want, but what you do, actions speak louder than words. If Matt Rule is saying about with Icky, oh, yeah, he's got a long way to go, but then he has him now after one preseason game as starting left tackle, you hate that we had to do this to get to the point where we're at, but at least we got to the point. And with Sinner, Bradley Bozeman's injured right now, so Pat Elfline will hold that job in his play will dictate the fact that Bradley Bozeman later on will be the starting um, center. As far as quarterbacks, it's super annoying knowing that Baker is the better option that they spent the entirety of the offseason trying to replace Sam Darnold. Now, is this team too big to fail with Matt Rule at the helm? That's a question and a conversation that I asked and had um, when I was filling in on WFNZ on Thursday afternoon. If this could be too big to fail, I don't think they're too big to fail. I just think that the roster's at a point where the quarterback's going to be better, the offensive line is better, the skill players, if they can stay healthy, are excellent, in my opinion, compared to what we've had over the course of like the last decade here in Carolina. And defensively, they were the second-best team defense, and they're already starting to, get the great, to go from good to great with the takeaways that we saw in week one. Yes, and special teams should be good enough for maybe one, two more wins this upcoming season. I think they're going to have success. I don't think Matt Rule is going to hold this team back. I, in a way, believe in Matt Rule. I think they're going to be a 10-7 team, which is me saying I believe that Matt Rule can get a job done. The coaching staff he has is way better than what he brought here in Carolina. In a way, he couldn't bring the guys that he wanted with contracts and things like that. But now, I think they're in a position to have success. And if you're not, and I don't, you don't have to be bullish. It's smart considering what we become accustomed to over the last four years to not get your hopes up with the Carolina Panthers, to wait and see. And for me, for the most part, I usually take a wait and see approach. Like last season, I told y'all, I didn't think Darnold was any good. I had concerns about the offensive line. I didn't think they'd be as bad as they were. I thought eight and nine, seven and 10 would have been fine. They didn't make that jump, but this year, I think they're going to make that jump. Scott Fitter has done a really good job building this roster. That's why I'm bullish on him. I don't blame you if you're a little bit skittish and you're not ready to jump, dive into the deep end. That makes plenty of sense, and it's probably the best way to go about things. Um, Moving over now to Luke. Hey, Julian, question for the mailbag. Is it cynical of me to think that Matt Rule, who surely knows that Baker is QB1, is keeping this competition going simply because he wants a reason to give Sam the job, as he was the guy he hitched his wagon to last season? Can't fathom how we're still going this, we're still going, uh, we're still doing this when Baker is clearly the guy and Sam is still Sam. Keep up the great work, bro. Keep pounding. Keep pounding to you, Luke, and thank you. Matt Rule doesn't want Sam Darnold. He's not going to hitch his wagon to him this upcoming season. I already told y'all, if I was the owner, I would make both of them. Um, I would connect the two of them. Say, hey, you wanted Sam Darnold. You told me all these things last year. Okay, sink or swim. That's what I would have done. It would have wasted the season, but I would have. I also would have never let them bring in Sam Darnold. That's how I'd have gone about things if I had to just come in here and own the team right away. I say that. I also don't want to watch this team fail. I don't think Sam Darnold is going to win the job, obviously. I don't think Matt Rule thinks he's going to win the job. I don't think he ever thought Sam was going to win the job. And we all found out how Matt and the organization felt about Sam when they traded for Baker Mayfield. So, no, he 
there if Sam Darnold could have played to the point where he was superior above Baker Mayfield, then maybe you could have done that, and that would have been, hey, mission accomplished. We brought in competition, and it helped Sam out. No, nah, that's not that's not what's happening here. Um, Brody says, uh, so Matt is dragging out this quarterback competition because he is respecting Sam Darnold, but do you feel like he is disrespecting Baker Mayfield by doing that? No. Baker Mayfield came to Carolina on July 6th. It wasn't until like 10 days or so after that where he was able to get a playbook and have his introductory press conference. He had to come in here and earn the respect of his locker room. He had to come in here and learn the plays before you could hand him the starting quarterback job. I understand that to a certain extent. Once you get to a point, though, where it's very clear that he is the best option for you, which we really knew the day he was drafted here, I'm totally fine in a way with the approach of, all right, we're going to have a competition, just to call it a competition. But after last week, there is no reason to continue this. Steve Smith was saying, put a fork in him if Baker goes down and leaves him to a touchdown. After that game, they could have been done. They could have given Baker all the first team reps this week. My hope is, is after this week, they just go ahead and say, well, yeah, it's over with. Can't disrespect Baker. He hasn't been here. He has to earn it. I kind of understand that while also it's super annoying. So I don't think it really is a disrespect thing. Um, one final thing on the quarterbacks. This comes from Mike. It's more of a thought, and it uh, has to do with Matt Corral. He says, man, I try to stay positive, but from a 30,000-feet view, when you look at other teams and how they're playing their rookies, I am just not seeing how this Matt Rule tenure can go forward. He is just in over his head, clearly. The way he has mishandled the quarterback situation with Corral is unforgivable. I mean, damn, Miami started a rookie drafted in the seventh round, and he played the entire game. I am sure you saw Willis and Ritter, and obviously how, how on God's green earth is Corral, who we obviously traded for and said he was a first-round grade so far behind. I just don't think Rule is going to be the coach moving forward, and we have squandered three years of this franchise playing PJ that much yesterday was damn near criminal and a slap to in the face of the fans. Yeah. I mean, I had people tweeting at me saying that Matt rule was doing right. Pay PJ by giving him an audition. The NFL teams have seen PJ Walker. They saw him last year against Arizona. They saw him uh, the year prior to that against Detroit. They know who PJ Walker is. We know who PJ Walker is. I don't think a preseason game against the Washington Commanders second team is going to give you some great insight on PJ Walker as a backup quarterback. He was the same guy who's always been on Saturday afternoon. Only thing he didn't do was turn the ball over, probably because he wasn't playing against the Commanders once. The real thing that's an issue is Matt Corral's not getting a ton of reps right now. It sounds like he's going to play a lot on Friday, which is good. How much? We'll see. He's not going to get the Trey Lance treatment. Where last season in San Francisco, while Jimmy was a starter, Trey Lance was getting a ton of backup reps. He also started a game when Jimmy Garoppolo was injured. It went terribly, but at least he started, and that was a starting point. Matt Corral's not going to get that opportunity, I hope, this season, because he clearly is not ready. And the Panthers have not put him in a position to be ready just yet. It is frustrating when you have a player that, you, that they say is a developmental player and it does not seem like the development plan is where it needs to be, and that he looked as bad as he did on Saturday, and Sam Howell looked as good as he did on Saturday, because Sam's getting opportunities in training camp. Matt has not been getting those same opportunities during training camp and during the first week and second week now of the preseason. That is a concern, because if Matt Ru- so if things don't go well with Baker Mayfield and the Panthers are back here in the quarterback market, they're going to need to know something about Matt Rule, or Matt Corral, rather, before deciding if they want to draft a quarterback in the first round in what is said to be 
a much deeper quarterback draft. I don't know if it's a slap in the face to fans. Y'all really should have been doing something else on Saturday opposed to sitting here and watching the preseason game, you sickos. I love that y'all love the Panthers, but it was a beautiful day in Charlotte. Don't waste your day, especially don't waste your night tonight watching this team. Go out, do something else, catch up on the highlights, listen to Locked on Panthers. I'll help you out. But they need to do a better job as it pertains to Matt Corral and his development because right now... This is not a good plan. All right, going to take a quick pause here on the show, then come back and answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can't change the past, but what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people are have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app in the Apple App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back to your questions here on this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Again, make sure to follow me at Julian Council right down there on Twitter, at Julian Council, either at me or DM me to participate in next week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag as we prepare for the Buffalo Bills game. It's going to be blue cheese and wing sauce all over Bank of America Stadium, and that is just disgusting. Now moving on to Logan, who appears to be one of our young listeners, according to his uh his profile picture on Twitter. And I'm thank you, Logan, for listening to the show. He says, hi, Julian. Love the podcast. You do an amazing job covering the best team in sports. Best team in sports. Okay. Yes, I agree. Thank you, Logan. Anyways, do you think that if Christian McCaffrey struggles with injuries again this year, his future with the team will be in jeopardy? And if so, what type of trade value could the Panthers get for him at this point? Okay. If that is actually, if Logan is as young as he looks like in the photo, he has probably the best grammatically written question I've ever seen from any of y'all. So just going to throw that one out there. Uh, thank you for the question, Logan. Um, as far as Christian McCaffrey goes, I've told y'all I still believe in Christian McCaffrey. I also believe that running backs should be paid federal minimum wage, seven twenty-five an hour, uh, 29 hours a week, no overtime, uh, no vacation, all that, none of that. 
you can find someone to tote the rock. We found it in 2020. Last year when he was out, not so much with Chuba Hubbard. The hope is this season, if he does go down, please, God, don't let that happen, though, uh, that Chuba and Dante Foreman, Deontay Foreman, I still really don't know how to pronounce his name. I got to figure that out, especially when we do this podcast. Um, well, I'm already doing it, but whatever. If that happens, those two guys can step up. And Foreman looked really good last season, filling in for Derrick Henry. And Chuba has his moments. Not great catching the ball out of the backfield. Hopefully that's going to improve. But you can find running backs. And there's been too many examples of guys who've gotten paid and gotten injured. Unfortunately, that's Christian McCaffrey. I still think, though, when Christian McCaffrey's healthy, that he is the best running back in the National Football League. Derrick Henry can't split out wide and do what Christian McCaffrey does. Derrick Henry, as great as he is, hasn't had a thousand thousand season. That's just not the kind of back he is. Dalvin Cook, really good at the backfield, receiving the ball. He's not Christian. I might sound biased. It is a Panthers podcast, so I might guess I'm allowed to be that. Maybe there's people out there who are watching, be like, "Oh, you're an idiot." Thanks. Don't care. Love Christian. Hope it works out. But if he does get injured for a third season after missing all but ten games the last two years, you're gonna have to think about whether it's worth keeping around. Now. Pre-June 1st, there is an out in his contract. Pre-June 1st, the Panthers can cut him, but they're going to only save like $1 million, and that's $18 million dead cap for that 2023 season. That is a non-starter. What they could do, though, is designate him as a post-June 1st release, or if there is a trade market, I still think he can have a market. It won't be what the Panthers want it to be, but there will be a team out there that will be willing to, to bet that Christian McCaffrey will get lucky with them and stay healthy and he can help them win football games. There's a team out there that can do that. What his market would be if he gets hurt for a third season, it's going to be a late-round pick. And Christian McCaffrey, the healthy player, is not worth whatever a team is going to be asking for if that is a scenario. But the Panthers wanted to get rid of him and just release him or trade him. The dead cap hit for next season will be $7.5 million, while the dead cap hit for the next year, as you split it in half, would be $10.8 million. So they can split it up. Is it the best scenario, best case thing? It gives them cap relief also with $12 million a year from now. And looking at the contract potentially for Baker Mayfield if he works out, for Brian Burns getting a new deal, uh, Jeremy Chen's going to need a new deal, depending on what else they want to do with some of these other guys that are going to be entering free agency. That would be helpful, particularly when you shouldn't be paying running backs so much money anyways. So that's what they could do. I'm confident. I, I can't say I'm confident because clearly I'm not. I was just pause. I just hope it works out for Christian this year, man, because no one wants to be injured. I know in this town, like, we're really tough. I'm like Hayward. Like, Gordon Hayward never asked when he went to Boston to, like, step on somebody's foot and for his his ankle to like be opposite way. He's got a bone protruding from his leg. None of these dudes want to get injured. It's bad luck, man. He had a lot of good injury help luck early on in his career. And Marshall Falk, he spoke to him this offseason. Hopefully, whatever tips that Marshall gave CMC will help. And hopefully the football gods also just give this guy a break, man. All right, moving on to Cole now. He says, do you predict that Kenny Robinson will be cut and does he deserve to be cut? Longtime listener of the show. Thanks for your coverage of an undercover team. Thanks, Cole. That's what we do here in the Locked On Podcast Network. We talk about your team every day. There's a lot of teams out there. Like the Bengals guys, like those guys kill it numbers-wise, man. And Cincinnati, it's not like they're getting talk in the media now because they went to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati does not get covered. Like Jacksonville, for rightfully so, does not get t- covered. Like Tennessee, Keyshawn Johnson was on 
the KJZ, where the hell the radio show they have on ESPN Radio last year, talking about, I don't watch the Titans. That's why we have the Locked On Podcast Network. That's why we do this, so that you, the fan of these particular teams, can actually get coverage of your team. So I thank you for listening to the show, Cole, for as long as you have. Yeah, Kenny Robinson, I already had him on my roster cuts. I've gone over it before when looking at the defensive backs, the cornerback room. We know who the top three are. JC, Dante, CJ. I think Keith Taylor should be the fourth guy there. He's going to make the roster. Then the safeties. It's going to be Xavier Woods, Jeremy Chin, Justin Burris, Sean Chandler, in my opinion, which leaves only one spot. They kept nine last year. I think they'll probably keep nine again this year. Remember, there's a quarterback. They're going to have a third quarterback this year, which takes away from another roster spot. To me, I think it'll be Miles Hartsfield. Kenny Robinson was not going to be on the roster, in my opinion. And I have not seen him on any projected going into training camp in the preseason. I didn't see anyone out there think that he was going to make the roster. Could he be on the practice squad like he has the last two years after failing to make the initial 53-man roster? Absolutely. It's just not a good situation. Whatever happened, like Matthew Slater from New England took exception to apparently Robinson allegedly standing over a player. Matt Rule didn't like it. I, I don't know. I have yet to get really any confirmation of whether he did it or not. Either way, to get ran from practice two days in a row, especially when you're a guy trying to make, the, make a team, that is just idiotic. In my opinion, you got to be smarter. Y'all can, and you can love the, the passion, the aggressiveness, but you can't be stupid. And it seems like he was just not smart out there on Tuesday and Wednesday at joint practices with New England. Uh, now moving on to Alex. It, every time anything like this happens, I always know someone's going to ask me a question like this. Alex asked me, should the Panthers consider adding a pass-catching tight end? Eric Ebron sounded open to playing for the Panthers. He was more than open. He said, bring me home. Eric Ebron, who went to Smith High School in Greensboro, North Carolina, Tario, former top 10 overall or pick to the Detroit Lions, spent time in Detroit, Indianapolis, where he had his career year, I think 13 touchdowns over 750 yards, 66 receptions back in uh, 2018, back the last year of Andrew Luck, um, by the way, there in Indianapolis, and with the Pittsburgh up and down, lost his job last year, also had a knee injury. Pat Fryermuth is now the top tight end there in the Berg. I'm cool with it. He's 29 years old. It's surprising to me that he's not in the league. I didn't even know that that was the case. You Typically, when you're a first-round pick, you get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Eric Ebron's, like, delivered, too, and he's still young. Maybe the knee is a concern for some teams as he was placed on IR, I think, midway through last season, like maybe like in November or so. I don't know what the medicals look like. He could come in and instantly be a threat. I asked this question kind of just like jokingly last weekend. Is Giovanni Ricci the best pass-catching tight end on this roster? He had four receptions on Saturday. Might be the case. I'm cool with Eric Ebron. It's just who do you get rid of? They can keep – I think they're probably going to keep four tight ends. And Colin Thompson, would you rather have him and Colin Thompson? Probably, but Colin Thompson's a rule guy. going to be hard to get rid of them. Uh, Steven Sullivan, is he going to make the roster? I don't know. And the thing is they could – maybe have less of a tight end. Like, well, you're going to have to have a fullback in those tight end sets. Um, yeah, I think they should pursue him. If they, if they want to – if Ebron's interested in coming here, his agent should hit up Carolina. And the Carolina Panthers should get him in, um, of course, immediately, as it's going to be pretty tough to make a team. Um, they, have, they have cap space. We'll see. I, I'm down with it if they want to do it. He's a Tar Heel. I think he would immediately be the best pass-catching tight end. You have, to also, you have to also wonder, does that take away from Tommy Trimble? Maybe. Um, but that's one element of the offense that is a major question mark if they're going to get anything at all. Uh, Colby. 
Hey, Julian, so far the way it's going, do you think Rashard Higgins will be wide receiver three over Terrace Marshall and others? He looks good. Love the content. Great job. Thanks, man. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. Like, Terrace Marshall, who was firmly came into camp as wide receiver three, like they already named him as a third receiver back during um, mandatory minicamp in June. He's been injured. He's been out about the last week or so with a, uh, I think it's a hamstring. Is either a hamstring? Yeah, it's, I think it's a hamstring issue. That just stinks. The dude looks like he's ready to break out when he's out there. The problem is he hasn't been out there. He's going to have, there might be injury questions about him. I don't hope that's not the case. It seems like since he's gotten here, he's just not been healthy, not been 100%. It's soft tissue issues. Maybe it's just like all the wear and tear of just early on in the preseason, getting your body right. My hope is that that's not going to be the case. But it is good that Rashard Higgins has performed the way he has. We know what he looked like in Cleveland with Baker. Baker being here, he's learning the offense with Baker. That's a good situation. And there's an old adage that says you're only as good as your third wide receiver, especially in today's NFL. And if Rashard Higgins can step up and be that wide receiver three if needed, that is a good situation for the Carolina Panthers. All right, one more quick pause here on the show, then I'm going to come back and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. Life is full of twists and turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Sometimes people like to act like it's cowardly to go out there and to seek help to talk to somebody. No, it's not. It is a sign of strength. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to help people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone with therapy. It can take a few tries to find the right fit, but BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change your therapist if needed. It's affordable, way more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. Visit their website today to read the testimonials that are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 100, oh, not 100, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back for a few more questions here on Locked on Panthers, and some of them are kind of lighthearted. Let me get to uh, Corrado, I believe is his name. He said, hey, Julian, big fan of the pod, big fan of you, my guy. Uh, do you think Derek Brown is going to take the next step this upcoming year? Man has so much potential and really hope we don't regret that pick down the line. Yeah, you, you do hope that. He's seventh overall. 
all the mock drafts at that point in time back in 2020 were talking about it should be Derek Brown. I remember being on with uh, Nick Carboni on WCNC with Eugene Robinson and then John Ellis, and we were talking about what were they going to do that night of the draft. Me and John, and John's a Clemson guy. He, we were talking about Isaiah Simmons. That's what we wanted, them to get Isaiah Simmons. It turns out the guy who's the most right – um, what actually, no, that was 2020. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about another time I was with those two guys. Uh, but no, I wanted Isaiah Simmons because of his versatility. It worked out in the end because the Carolina Panthers traded up to get Jeremy Chin, who would have done the exact same things that they would have asked Isaiah Simmons to do, except they got him for a value pick in the seventh, second round. Um, you do still wonder, though, like, could they just gotten Isaiah Simmons and then had him play linebacker exclusively? And then they could have had Jeremy Chin, who's now back at safety, but who's still going to be all over the defense. Will that have been a better pick? Simmons hasn't done that much so far in Arizona. It seems like their defensive scheme is going to be catered more towards his strengths this upcoming season. What a novel concept. Go find a way to make your better, your good players good. Um, whatever, though. Yeah, I love Derek Brown at Auburn. He's, not, he's just not a pass rusher. And when you have players like Davion Nixon, who was a really good pass rusher at Penn State, and you have my Ioannidis now here, at least for this upcoming season, Gross Matos, that can alleviate what you need out of Derrick Brown. He just needs to be good at, guy, at stuff in the run. And he needs to be someone who can, at some point in time, maybe push that pocket and cause some sort of havoc from the interior. I don't know. It's pretty much like do it now or never for Derrick Brown. Yeah, he's going to have next season. But if he wants to ensure his future, he's going to have to go out there and ball out this upcoming season. And... I think he has a really good chance of doing that. So, yeah, that's my hope, and I, I think he can be a good player. I think he will be a good player. All right, let's get now to Kendrick. He says, greetings and salutations. Really random question. Um, when you have guests, are they compensated, or are they truly just friends of the show? Great job yet again. Um, no, I have never paid any of my guests to come on the show. I actually do have a relationship with these people outside of the podcast. Like, when I've had... Josh Klein on like we haven't spent like a lot of time together but like we are always friendly and talk to each other when we see each other out in public um I remember like after the uh Hornets first game last year because he does stuff with the crown club we were doing pickleback shots and getting wasted like on a Wednesday night like so yeah like I hang out with these people Darren Gant who we've had on the show I live two streets over from Darren I'm walking distance from him I went over and walked to his house a couple weeks ago before he went down to Spartanburg to uh, do training camp. Like, I have a relationship with him. Uh, Joe Person, I run into him from time to time. Or last time I saw Joe in person was at the uh, North, North Carolina, South Carolina baseball game that they had up in Uptown Charlotte. Um, and then there was one night where I ran, a, ran into him at the Thirsty Beaver in Plaza Midwood. And I got to talk to him and his lovely wife. So, no, we, I have actual relationships with these people. I've, I've, never, had to, I've never paid anybody um, to be up here. Um, that's not, people just do it out of the goodness of their hearts. I've never gone on a podcast and asked to be compensated for it. It's just one of those things where like, yeah, I just gained these relationships and people are nice enough to come on the show. And like, they actually are friends of the pod. So I thank everyone who, who's ever come on the show. Now there's been some people who like, I've, like I've gotten email, like when we had Tony Pauline, like that was someone emailing like, Hey, would you like Tony Pauline on from the combine? It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? But typically like when I have people on, it's just like folks I actually know. Cause I, I living here in Charlotte, having covered the team locally back when I was at FNZ full time, like that, that's how I got to cultivate these relationships. And I appreciate everyone who's ever come on the show. So thank you for asking that question. Uh, I got Eric. He said, I enjoy listening and breathing on everything Panthers whom I was a fan of before. And, and, and I am, and I am proud to be back on the bandwagon. 
There's a Panthers bandwagon? Okay, sure. Welcome back, Eric. Uh, thanks for listening. He said, I've been listening for quite a while about the intense quarterback competition between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. If you were the head coach from a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate Darnold and Mayfield respectively and why that number? Sam Darnold, I give him a 3. Um, at points in times, he can be someone you can go to. But uh, he's shown to be one of the worst starting quarterbacks since he entered the worst, really, since he entered the league and one of the worst over the last 50 years in the NFL. Baker, let's get Baker a six because that kind of fits his career. He's been average, but sometimes above average. I'm going to put him right there. He has the potential, but I'm going to put him right there as a six. And a six is better than a three in this scenario. Final question coming from Andy. And he asked one that is very personal and straight to the heart. Of Julian, me, talking the third person as a sports fan. He asks, one, which team, Liverpool or Carolina, has a better chance to win their respective leagues this season? And two, which team has a better motto in your opinion? Keep pounding or you'll never walk alone. Number one, Liverpool has a better chance to win the Premier League than the Carolina Panthers have to win the Super Bowl. Now, with the Premier League, it takes basically perfection at this point in time to win. Like Liverpool lost only one game a couple years ago and still only finished in second. I think they lost twice maybe last year and still didn't win the league based off of goal different. It's just it's so hard and they've gotten off to a bad start with the draw at Fulham who's going to be fighting relegation and then the draw against Palace at home down to 10 men cuz Darwin Nunez wants to headbutt somebody in his Anfield debut and get himself suspended for 3 weeks while Diogo Jota is going to be out with injury it's just and there's a bunch of injuries now I'm you can see I I'm not feeling good about it got man U at least on Monday in a relegation battle between those two longtime rivals I kid as far as the Liverpool part man United they're they'll be fine but they're going to stink this year I think Liverpool still – they're going to have to basically be perfect. And they, they drew too many matches last year, and they, that's really been their problem because City has dropped some hellacious uh, contests at points. But then when they are, have the pressure on, they just do not let Liverpool – you know, they let them back in it close, but they they take care of. So I still think – I think City's basically already won it, but I would give Liverpool the better chance. The good thing about the NFL is if you get to the playoffs, then you have an opportunity. You don't have to be perfect, basically, because um, – to win the Premier League. Like, if it was in NFL terms, like, you would have to be 15 and, like, Man City is like 15 and 1, Liverpool is like 14 and 2. Like, that's how it's been the last couple of years. And that's what would win you the league, opposed to, like, any Super Bowl. Um, number two, though, keep pounding or you'll never walk alone. In a way, they're they're very similar. Like, keep pounding coming from Sam Mills's banter, uh, battle, banter, battle of cancer. Um, and you never walk alone. Like, I look at it too. Like, I have a friend right now who supports Liverpool, and his dad is going through a, a battle of cancer. Him and his dad both got tattoos that say YNWA, you'll never walk alone. So in a, in a way, it's they're very similar. I don't think I can really choose which one's better. It just depends on what it means to you. They mean two entirely different things to me. I mean, I grew up going to Panthers games. I was at that game that night where Sam Mills gave that impassioned speech against Dallas in the wild card round in uh, 2013, or 2003 rather, in you know, I remember going to all those Panther games and having to keep pounding uh, wristband. And we've all had people in our lives that have dealt with cancer. We've lost them, and it's it's tough. But, you know, it's a motto to carry with you every day of your life, to keep pounding, never give up. And, you know, you'll never not walk alone. It's like you always have people there. I mean, it, you know, it's – I mean, the song is, is so great. And I, I will never forget 
it was during the pandemic in 2020 in Liverpool. That's when they went on to win the league for the first time in my lifetime, the first time in like 30 years or whatever it was. And it just put me to pieces, man, to sit there to have gone through all we went through, at least early on in that year, in that year from like the spring on to the summer, and then to watch them win and to hear you'll never walk alone in an empty Anfield. And the first time that the fans were about allowed back into that stadium to hear that song, it was just a moment I'll never forget. So, I mean, they mean two entirely different things to me and to all those people uh, across the world that either support the Panthers or support Liverpool. So I can't pick and choose which is a better motto because they're both just so, especially the Panthers, organically just true to who this organization is, who this, the city, our city of Charlotte, just, you know, the human experience. And same thing with you'll never walk alone in Liverpool. I mean, that's my club. I love Liverpool. love the Panthers and – I hope both of them can win the league this year. Just think uh, Liverpool might have already blown that in the Panthers. Uh, I think that's way too uh, high of expectations for them. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like today, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me to participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. Tonight, I'll be back answering, well, not any questions you have, but I'll be, act, be back reacting to game two of the preseason as the Panthers face New England Patriots in Foxborough, Massachusetts at Gillette Stadium. In the meantime, stay safe. Really, just go enjoy your weekend. Don't sit here and watch this game, folks. But as always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all tonight or Saturday or Sunday or Monday, whenever you get to the next episode. Take care. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.